Podcast, Answer Man, episode number 431. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi there, this is Ray Edwards from RayEdwards.com, and there's only one guy I trust to answer my questions about podcasting. And that is, of course, the podcast answer man, Cliff Ravenscraft. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right, my friends. It does not matter if you are brand new to this online content creating world we live in or if you've been creating content for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. And well, my friends, I am super delighted about today's episode because I am going to be sharing an interview that I pre-recorded with my friend Todd Uterstadt. Now, Todd happens to be an alumni of Podcasting A to Z. He happened to have actually taken the course twice, and he'll explain why later in the episode. But what makes me so excited about this particular episode is just the value bombs that he consistently shares in every question that I asked him. I've got two and a half pages of notes sitting in front of me of all of the valuable takeaways that I believe you'll pick up on easily as you're listening to this interview. But one of the things that I think I'm even going to title this episode, creating a podcast to interview people that you want to build relationships with. It's one of the purposes for his creating a podcast. And when you hear about all of the things that have been a part of that process for him and what it's done for him and his business and just his overall view of the world is just incredible. I'm so excited about it. Todd Uterstedt from founder to CEO. Here's the interview right now. Todd, how you doing, my friend? I am great, Cliff. Thanks for the uh, invite. Really appreciate it. Well, I am honored to have you on here as an alumni of Podcasting A to Z, somebody who has gone through it twice. Yes. <laughs> and the good news is that you have been extremely successful in your podcasting journey, having just recently published, I believe, episode 95 of your From Founder to CEO show. 95 is correct, Cliff, and I still can't believe it. <laughs> well, I'd love to ask you a bunch of random questions related to your journey, and then we'll go and allow the conversation to take form from these questions. Sure. So first of all, I always like to ask folks, when did you first learn about podcasting? Oh, I remember this. I was meeting with a friend of mine um, in Cincinnati and we we're having lunch and he said to me, oh, Todd, um, you know, well, have you ever listened to David Simon Garland and Pat Flynn? I said, well, I have no idea who those people are. He says, well, they have podcasts. And I said, well, what's a podcast? <laughs> and so um, I checked out both David and Pat and started listening. And it was simultaneous to the same time period that we were kind of um, reinventing our business model. And then I said to myself, well, maybe I can do this podcasting thing. 
Google podcast training and your name popped up. And the funny thing about it, Cliff, is this. I remember the very first time when I clicked on your website and I was looking at the phone number and I said to myself, 859-859. Oh my gosh, that's Cincinnati. And I said, oh my God, the guy who teaches everyone how to do podcasting is in my city. And I ran downstairs and told my wife and she says, oh, you are so funny. I said, well, it's a sign. I'm supposed to take this training. And so um, I listened to a lot of your podcasts and just was really attracted to not only your work, but also your message. And so I signed up. That leads me to the next question is, uh, why did you decide to create a podcast of your own? What did you hope to accomplish with your show? Well, you know, to be honest, I started out my career as a broadcast journalist years ago in radio. And that went away when I went into the army and took a whole different career path. And when I started listening to podcasts and we were reinventing our business model, um, you said a lot of things that really spoke to me. In fact, I watched one of your one of your talks you did, and you were talking about how you know podcasting is a is a new great way to be able to build an audience. And I said, well, gee, I love talking. I'm an extrovert, um, and I really would love to get back to my original broadcasting roots, but also kind of my area of expertise, which is executive coaching, leadership development. And so you just made it so easy and doable. And I said, ah. I can do this. And so I, I really wanted to use it as a primary way of building our new platforms when we kind of uh, re-engineered our business model. What is your business model? So um, we had a traditional executive coaching firm, which was a face-to-face greater Cincinnati firm. And a couple of years back, we discovered all this you know, new online businesses. And so we decided to pursue what I describe as global online micro niches. And the first one we uh, launched was Daughters in Charge. And that's kind of what, uh, when I went through podcasting at Z, that's what we were focusing on, which is that is helping daughters and family-owned businesses around the world. And my colleague, Amy, is kind of the, the lead on that. And then from founder to CEO is um, what we launched last year. And I'm the lead on that. And that helps successful founders become great CEOs. So it's really about leadership development for, for founders who are trying to grow into the CEO role. So it sounds to me like what you've done is you've created two different podcasts of micro target audiences of people you'd like to work with in your, uh, what kind of coaching did you call it? Uh, So we call it executive coaching. So yeah. So your executive coaching. So basically your partner who wants to work specifically with the target audience of daughters who have taken over a family business. Is that right? That's correct. And so she's created a show that would target that that audience that helps her to reach new potential people to work with. You got it. And I I went to podcasting A to Z and learned how to be kind of the the producer and engineer for her to to do that podcast. Yep. Let's focus on the show that you've been doing that you just recently published episode number 95 talking with somebody about nanoparticles. (laughs) Yeah. What is the name of that show and how would you describe what that show is about? Um, it's called From Founder to CEO, where it's an interview show, and I interview founders who already have kind of traction in their business, and they're in this scaling mode, and they're dealing with all sorts of the leadership issues. So, for example, you you were referring to Carrie Ann, who's the CEO of a company called Carrie Care in Tampa. And uh, Cliff, I just, I, I, I love interviewing all these founding CEOs who are changing the world and they're so generous in sharing their stories and it's not the typical entrepreneur show. So, you know, there's a lot of people out there interviewing entrepreneurs. Ours is very, very small.
small, narrow niche. And that is, you know, founders who already have traction and they're dealing with the leadership issues. And so um, it's about 30 minutes. Um, and it's kind of has a loose structure to it where we, we have a break in the middle and, and then after the break, we kind of talk about their leadership struggles. And I have been so just honored that so many people are, are sharing their story and kind of in an authentic way. And one of the things that attracts me to you, Cliff, is you're very authentic, right? And so I wanted to kind of recreate that on my show. And so a couple months ago, we had um, a, a really well-known founding CEO um, whose name is Brian Wong. And Brian is the founder and CEO of Keep. And he's been on the cover of magazines. And I was really nervous when I was going to interview him. He's 24, I'm 46. I'm thinking to myself, why am I so nervous about this, you know? But he was so wonderful in sharing a lot of this very authentic struggles as a leader. So we really focus on that leadership journey from the founder role to the CEO role. And the target audience, are those individuals the same type of people that you're interviewing or do you have a different target audience in mind? No, that's the audience. I, I interview the people that I want to build relationships with. And, you know, to your point, I, I would have never been able to build all these relationships with so many founding CEOs around the world had I not had the podcast. I love that. Have you found that in 95 episodes, has this happened to you yet where somebody that you reached out to an interview has become a client directly? Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, it happened just recently. Yeah, it, 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 ha- it has happened. And more and more of them are becoming listeners of the show and kind of it feeds upon itself. And I, I think it's because for me, and this is just my personality, I really do care about every person who comes to my show. So I follow up with them. I stay in touch with them. And uh, we've had two shows, uh, two of the 95 shows, Cliff, were actually um, interviews with someone who's in the show in the beginning because I was just fascinated and curious about kind of their journey and where they're at. And my audience really loved hearing from them again. You said, and I'm writing things down, little notes. I always do this whenever I'm interviewing folks. And by the way, that's a great little note for my podcast Answer Man audience. When you're doing an interview, I find it's always helpful to have a notebook. And as people are answering questions, when they say things, it's really nice to be able to write down what they've said so that you can remind yourself to go back and bring it up or just as a little side note for you to say, wow, that was a really great insight. First of all, you said, I really care about each of the people I interview. And I think that's a valuable thing just to, to camp on for po- folks. If, if you need to pause for just a moment and really think about that statement and you followed it up by saying one of the things that you do is you personally follow up with each guest. I would love to know a little bit more about that process. In what ways are you following up with people? What does that look like? Well, first of all, I do a lot of research when I extend an invitation to people. So these aren't not these are just random founding CEOs. These are people who I've done a lot of research on. I have a lot of respect for, and I generally want my audience to hear from. And so that's kind of the starting point for me. It's, I'm just not randomly sending out messages, but I do. I send out messages on LinkedIn to people who I've done research on, who I also think have. Um, want to have a positive impact on the world. And so after they come on the show, I also follow up obviously with all the links to the show, but I also created some documents that help them. So some of them who are not as less, who are not as well known, you know, need help promoting their interviews so it can serve their business. So my team and I, we created a two page document that helps them kind of, um, 
market their interviews so it can serve them more. So, and I just collected all these ideas that people have told us over the course of time that's worked for them. So that's one way. But I also, maybe a month or two later, I'll follow up with an email and ask them how things are going. Is there anything I can help them out with? And, you know, are they getting any leverage with their interview? And, you know, those conversations and those emails sometimes lead to a second interview as they have done recently. I know one of the people that came on my show is Jamal Matla, and he's the founding CEO of a company called A Custom Apparel. And he was our number one most downloaded interview. And I said to myself, gosh, what, what is it about him? You know, so I contacted him and said, hey, Jamal, would you be interested in, in doing it again? And he said, sure. And it kind of coincided with him opening his new Los Angeles store. And so it really served him because it gave him some more publicity for his LA store, but it also served to kind of reconnect and find out, hey, What's working for you? What's not working for you on your leadership journey? So I do follow up with email. And plus, I kind of have a, um, a LinkedIn group where I try and invite them to be a part of that so they can connect with each other. So I'm, I'm working hard to try and connect them also. So sometimes they'll mention, well, I wish I knew somebody in XYZ area. And I'm, I get to know so many of these people now. I'll, I'll ask if I can make an introduction. And a lot of those introductions are paying off. So recently... Um, I connected the CEO of Plum.io with one of our sponsors, RecruiterBox, because I think they can they can really help each other's businesses, and you know they really enjoyed that connection. So that's another way I try to do. I try to make sure I can connect people where it's appropriate. I know that a lot of my audience perked up when you said you have this two page document that you send to your guests that helps them with creative ways that they can use that interview or promote that interview that will help them. Is this something that you'd be willing to share? Oh, of course. I'm happy to. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Excellent. I will uh, make sure that we make that available in the show notes for this particular episode. Thank you for that. That is yeah, going to be pleasure. awesome uh, added value for folks out there. How often are you publishing your show? <laughs> I love you asking me this question because when I was in podcasting A to Z, you and I had a conversation about this and I was influenced by a lot of people out there initially, John Lee Dumas and a lot of other people that we all know. And, and I initially said to you, well, I'm going to do a five day week podcast. And you were very kind and very gracious, but also very helpful in asking me, well, why do you want to do a five day week? And are you sure you don't want to do five week? And um, so I didn't end up doing five, but I did launch with three episodes a week, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, soon discovered that even that is overwhelming. And so I think after the first three months, we went to two a week. So now we publish on Tuesday mornings and Thursday mornings. And, and so those, those of you out there in the audience who are, who are new to all this, even doing two a week is a monstrous amount of work. And, but I, I really do enjoy it. And so I think I'm able to kind of stick with the schedule for the time being. How do you prepare for an episode of your show? Mm. Well, you know, I'm a former army intelligence officer. So as I mentioned before, I do lots of research on people. If they have a video about them that they did another interview, I'll go watch them all. I'll read all their previous interviews because I really want to understand them and their business so that I can do a good job of not only interviewing them, but also advocating for them and their business. You know, this is an opportunity for them to shine and I want to put them in a good light, but also make them feel comfortable that they can 
you know, be vulnerable. So I do all that research. I also, if I don't quite understand their business model, before we start recording, I ask them lots of questions to make sure I really understand their business model so that I can, you know, be a better interviewer. But beyond that, you know, I'll look at some other, I'll look at their LinkedIn page if, and if they have a Facebook page. I also do, you remember, I'm a former intelligence officer. So there are some sites that I use to just to cross-reference just to make sure um, I had only, I'm not missing anything. And so there's a resource called Pipple, P-I-P-L, that does kind of a deep web search on people. And I'll look at that too, just to make sure there aren't any other, there's not some other, other information that might be helpful as I interview with them, but interview them. But, you know, other than that, I have a set set of questions that we use, but I often veer off of them because I want the conversation to be to be natural. I love the idea of what you're creating for the people that you're interviewing is almost like a commercial for them. It, you're you're almost creating a standalone product that they can then use in their business. Well, yes. So this, I, I look at it this way, you know, in order for someone to come on my show, what my audience really wants to hear is they want to hear about the struggles and their triumphs. And they want to understand some tips from the struggles and the triumphs. So I don't think it's fair. This is just me, but I don't think it's fair to haul someone on my show and, you know, get them to talk about their struggles and the triumphs, unless there's also a value proposition for them about being able to talk about their business. Because, you know, I mean, they, they, they're going out on a limb and being vulnerable. And I really, I would feel bad if we didn't do something to try and, and give something in kind return. And that is, you know, advocate for their business and help other people understand that their services are, or products are that may be able to help, may be able to help them. So yeah, that's, it's really important to me, Cliff, because, you know, I don't know a lot of these people. I mean, I'm reaching out to them cold and getting to know them. And in order for me to feel comfortable getting kind of them uncomfortable in, a, in an interview, where they're doing over Skype and I've never met them face to face, I think it's it's important to kind of give back to them. How long would you say that it takes to produce a single episode of your show, including that research slash prep time, the interview itself, and then post-production and scheduling it for the site? Yeah, so this is where I'm a little bit embarrassed because I'm sure there are people who are a lot more efficient at all this, but I still, I edit all my own podcasts too, which takes a, a bulk of the time. I use Adobe Audition. And the reason why I do that is because I'm still getting to learn what my audience wants. I'm still looking for that, you know, that nice balance of how things go. And so I share that with you because I put in a lot of time. I probably put in maybe five to six hours per person. And it's a lot and it, and it can be overwhelming at times, especially if I fall behind, but I just, I, I don't feel comfortable unless I put in all that time to make sure it's perfect. There are times where I've, I've, I've fallen behind on editing. And so, you know, I have a little podcast studio in Mason, the suburb of Cincinnati, and I do all my stuff in there because I've got all my Cliff Ravenscraft equipment that really serves me well. And I'll forget to do my intro on my nice high LPR 40 microphone. And I have a, a lesser microphone at home and I'll, I'll say, Oh, I don't have time to run down to my office and I'll, re I'll record it at home. And then it doesn't sound as good. And it's like, all right, I gotta go back in the studio later on this afternoon to make sure I record, you know, the better sounding version of it because I do, I do care about how they sound. And you really taught that to me too, Cliff. I mean, I wasn't thinking about the, how important the audio sounds 
before I took podcasting A to Z. But one of the things that I love that you advocate for, and that is audio is important because people are not going to listen to your podcast over the course of time unless the audio quality is pretty good. Absolutely. And because and, there are so many different shows out there with excellent audio quality to today. I mean, we have, it seems like NPR is launching or spinning off new shows and they, these people have production budgets like crazy and they're spending 40 hours a week and then some really on a single episode. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't it, realize that. I was, I listened to a little bit of uh startup, the podcast. It's, oh yeah. He went out on his own and he has been sharing behind the scenes information. And sometimes they will have a team of editors who will spend like crazy amount of 20, 30 hours, two or three people working on a single episode of a podcast. Wow. Well, you know, he's in Cincinnati too, by the way. Is he? Alex Bloomberg? Yes. He's in this month's Cincinnati Magazine, what you were a part of too. Oh, you said he was in Cincinnati Magazine. I thought you said he was in Cincinnati. Yeah, he's a a Cincinnati guy. Oh, I did not know that. Yep. I'm pretty sure it's Alex. Yeah, that's, yeah. Is he the one who started his own production company too? Yeah. Yeah, that's him. He's, um, he's from Cincinnati. He went to East Walnut Hills. Oh, so he's from Cincinnati. Yeah, I I don't know if he lives here now, but I do know in this month's edition of Cincinnati Magazine, they do a spotlight on him. Yeah, that that's awesome. I have to check that out. Very cool. But yeah, so I, audio quality very important, folks. It is we're we're playing in the big leagues now. This isn't <laughs> 2006 when we could get by with just anything. All right. So, where do you come up with new ideas for your show? Uh, I'm uh, I'm a big reader. People laugh at me because I read like five books a week. And I read Fast Company and Inc. Magazine and Forbes and let's see, Entrepreneur Magazine. And so, and I listen to probably about 15 to 20 different podcasts each week. And so I'm constantly listening and reading and learning for ideas and for people that I think are interesting. In fact, a couple um, couple months ago, I had Dennis Mortensen. He's the founding CEO of X.ai. And so Cliff, you'll find this hysterical, but I'm reaching out to all these people to schedule interviews and they all keep telling me, okay, well, uh, my assistant, Amy will schedule this for you. And I said, okay, fine. And after a while, I'm like, do they all have the same assistant? And so I started realizing they're all using this artificial intelligence software called Amy to schedule their meetings and their calendars. And so I said, what is going on here? So I did some research because I was really fascinated by this and contacted and found out it's this company in New York, uh, X.AI, that uses artificial intelligence. And so I guess my point of sharing the story is, and Dennis came on the show and it was a great interview. I guess my point is I, I try my best to also pay attention to what's happening in my interviews with people to, for information. That's how I found about Plum.io because another one of my um, guests mentioned this really great company in Canada. So in combination of listening to the people who are t- I'm talking to and also my own reading and research, I, I try to come up with some good ideas. What have you found to be the most valuable or most effective way of gaining new listeners to your show? Hmm, wow. I am very disciplined, people will, will, would say, about making sure that I get maximum 
leverage on every episode. So I forget who it was. You quoted someone one time and I also heard from someone else. They say, you know what? Sometimes it's about, you know, 70% marketing your podcast episode rather than, you know, creating more content. And I've thought a lot long and hard about that, but I would say being real purposeful and intentional about making sure I share kind of what's the value proposition for each episode on social media, not just, hey, I got a new episode, because that never motivates me to listen to something. But if I see something and I say, oh, wow, that seems valuable. You know, I need to listen to that. Making sure the value proposition for each episode on my LinkedIn profile and on Twitter um, has been worked very well. Recently, in the last couple months, I've had a lot of um, positive success using Instagram. And so I've been using Instagram more. I basically take quotes that my guest says that I think is is helpful to my audience. And I make a picture of it and put it on Instagram and I get more and more traction from that as well. What has been one of the most rewarding things that has come as a result of having a podcast? Oh my gosh. I would say two things. One is... I have been, I just wrote this with my blog this past week. There's a lot of negativity out there in the world right now, and you can let it wash all over you if you wanted it to. But, you know, speaking to all these young founding CEOs who are not interested in building, not just building a profit, but are also looking to have a positive impact on the world has been so uplifting to me personally that it just really supersedes any of the negativity that you can read or listen about or be a part of in the world. And it's been so personally inspiring to me and motivating to know that there's so many of these leaders being born and grown in in the world that for me, that number one thing is just the satisfaction of knowing there are other people out there in the world and bringing their positive message out into the world is the first and foremost one I have to be honest with you. The, The second one is I have gotten a couple emails and text messages from people um, over the course of time. And one of them um, happens to be in Cincinnati and happens to be a friend of mine. And he didn't tell me until later on that he was actually listening to my podcast. And I said, oh, did you just mean you listened to an episode? And he said, no, no, I've been listening to all of them. I said, you have? Because still, that's kind of new to me that people tell me that. And so I said, well, what do you think about it? He says, Todd. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm on the road to starting my own business. And I said, his name's Tim. I said, Tim, you're kidding me. And he said, no, I'm, I want to start a organic dog food business. And I'm already down the road. And it's because I now feel like I can do it because I'm listening to all these people tell me their stories. And I got to tell you, Cliff, that was because he's a friend of mine and, and I know him. I, I, I teared up just just reading his text and I had to call him because it was so, it was why I do this. It was having a positive impact on someone's life. And I'm getting teary-eyed just thinking about it because he's, he's such a good person and he's having so much fun building his business. And I guess those are two things that, that I, could, I could relate to. I can go on and on, but I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll get all, all teary-eyed about it. <laughs> that is so awesome. You mentioned that a lot of people who are listening to your show, you know that they want to hear about struggles and tips. So what would you say is your number one struggle when it comes to podcasting? Yeah, number one struggle. And I'd be lying if I didn't say it's the time it takes to edit. But here's the reason why, the practical reason why. So I'm I'm the proud father of two children who are 11 and 8. And um, because it takes so much time, I mean, they are probably sick and tired of hearing me editing. (laughs) 
And so, um, you know, I had, I put my earbuds in most of the time, but when I'm at home, sometimes late into the evening, I'm, I'm editing because that's when you have two podcasts a week, two episodes a week, there's a lot of editing to do. So that's what I struggle with the most. You know, people have told me, well, Todd, you can outsource that. And I can do that if I want, but for me right now, I love the creative process of editing. I don't know what it is. It's just very fulfilling to me, but it takes a long time. I mentioned it at the beginning of our conversation that you have taken podcasting A to Z twice. I have to ask you, was was the information, was there not enough information for you to <laughs> successfully launch your show the first time around? Uh, and, and why did you take it a second time? One of the reasons why I took your course a second time is because I wanted more access to you. Cliff, you're so much more than a podcast answer man. You really are a very inspirational person. You know, I mean, you know, your friends with Michael Hyatt, you said on your show before, Michael listens to you, not because of your podcasting stuff, because he likes listening to you. And so the second time was really me wanting to get to get access to your coaching and your mentoring, your guidance and support. And, and, and it was, you're a very comforting person. So, you know, it felt like I can ask all my silly, stupid questions now the second time around. And you're so generous and so kind. No, no question is silly or stupid. And so, yes, I took it a second time, not so much to have access to all the videos and tools because I still had access to that because you grant that to lifetime access, which I still use by the way. But because I not only wanted your coaching and guidance and support, but I also wanted to be able to interact with another group of people who are in my same spot. I have found being a part of your podcasting A to Z alumni group on Facebook when when you graduate from the course has been invaluable. So I just have learned so much from so many of uh, of our colleagues in that group and taking it for the second time really kind of solidified in my mind that I'm doing what I want to do. Todd, where can people find your podcast so they can check out what you're doing and see examples of your opt-in list and everything else? Uh, we are at fromfoundertoceo.com. And because of all your training, we're on iTunes, we're in Stitcher. But yeah, that's where we put almost all our information into iTunes and Stitcher and also at fromfoundertoceo.com. Well, Todd, congratulations on coming very close and almost there to your 100th episode of From Founder to CEO. I am so excited about your journey. I really appreciate you taking the time to share your experience with us. I, I've got an entire two and a half pages of notes that I've written down here with valuable uh, takeaways. So uh, I thank you for your time today. Oh, it's been my honor. Thank you for the invitation. And I recommend that everyone who has any interest in the podcasting to take your course, Cliff. It's been a life changer for me. And well, my friends, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Podcast Answer Man. I told you there was a ton of value in each and every single one of those answers. If you haven't taken the time to write down notes while you were listening, head over to podcastanswerman.com slash 431, and I'm going to list a bullet point list of takeaways that I personally wrote down, just some of the biggest ones that I think that you should probably say, oh yeah, I do recall that, and that would be valuable to me on my journey. I'll create a list of those over at podcastanswerman.com slash 431. Hey, this episode is coming out on Friday, January 8th at 5 a.m., as promised every week at 5 a.m. on Fridays. And on January 8th, I am wrapping up the final week of my 23rd session of Podcasting A to Z. 
I am super delighted to be working with the folks that I'm working with right now, but I wanna let you know that I have closed out this session of podcasting A to Z. You can no longer register for this January session, but I have now opened up registration for the next session, the 24th session of Podcasting A to Z, which will begin on Monday, March 14th, 2016. My friends, if you have a goal to launch a podcast this year and you think you could benefit from having me as your personal coach, unlimited access to ask me any question you want and my guarantee that I will answer every single question you ask me for an entire four-week process. I want to be your coach walking you through every single step in the process. If that sounds interesting to you, head over to podcastinga2z.com and register today. If you have any questions about the course after reading that page, feel free to email me, cliff at podcastanswerman.com. I'll be back again next week on Friday morning at 5 a.m. with a new episode. And until then, I encourage each and every single one of you to take everything you do to the next level. Helping you take everything you do to the next level.